not only are we not properly socially distancing right now in the Smart Start MN studios. Oh, bring it up for just 10 more seconds, please. Oh, man. At some future show, we're playing that whole damn song because M.I.A. is amazing. It is The Brian Oak Show. It is episode 43. I was doing a little math the other day. How is it possible for someone like you with literally decades of podcast experience and someone like me with literally 15 minutes of podcast experience that we've made it to episode 43 so far? It is it's kind of amazing if it's, you think about it. Well, and you go back and look, and not everybody's a household name, right? I mean, like, no, we're not Mark Marin. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're talking about Minnesota. We're telling the stories of the people who are from this community, and especially now as all communities are getting rocked. But I just I was like, we're going to go do episode 43 today. When did that happen? Have I, have I been in a fugue state? I'm not sure. My name is Brian Oak. It is the Smart Start MN Studios. His name is Sean Bernard, business partner, producer, bon vivant, man around town. I don't. Fair? F- uh, not right now. I don't feel like a man around town. Well, although okay, I did show is. a place today. Yeah, well, you went out and saw people today. I well, I saw one person. Well, who thanks was, for bringing the COVID to the studio. I saw one person who was wearing gloves, which is would have seemed awkward two months ago. What about a face hugger from Alien? I feel like that's the only way I'm safe <laughs> is if they've got a face hugger on because then I know. I mean, I might get alien droplets, but I'm not getting any COVID droplets. It's on amazing me. how quickly we've just accepted the fact that you go meet with somebody and they have rubber gloves on and Purell with them. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's all good. What? I'm just <laughs> pouring bleach on my face. Everything is fine. We're solid. It is the Brian Oak Show. Since we brought up Smart Start, let's go ahead and take care of that right away. The primary sponsor of the show is Smart Start MN. What do they do? They are the original Minnesota inter. Ignition Interlock Company, which means if you've had an unfortunate incident with drinking and driving or someone in your family or someone you know, they can get you back into your vehicle sooner rather than later. Does that mean that they're doing an end around on the system? Does that mean that they're somehow subverting the law? Absolutely not. You are going to be punished. You are going to pay your fines. Your life is going to become more difficult. They're doing everything in their power to mitigate the difficulty that happens to you or your friend or your loved one or some distant relation who you're not sure why you care about them, but you heard about Smart Start MN, and you're like, you know what, these guys can probably help you. So it's basically, and again, I don't mean to oversimplify it, but it basically is a breathalyzer in your car. And as long as you blow clean, you can start your car. If you don't, well, first of all, why didn't you learn your lesson? And second of all, don't drive drunk anymore. Don't ever do it again, but it happens to a lot of people. How do people both benefit themselves and the Brian Oak Show when they contact Smart Start MN. If they go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show, they'll get 20% off the ignition interlock system. Some people may be asking right now, well, geez, I'm going to be on lockdown anyway. Well, the average person needs ignition, ignition interlock for at least six months. Mm-hmm. I know somebody who was on it for 18 months. Well, it depends on the severity or the frequency of your transgressions. And it's just, they're good people to know. First of all, you and I both know Ed and Mike, and they're good guys. But they're also providing really a legitimate service. And they're not about guilting you. They're not about making you feel bad about what you've done. They're literally there. The reason they invented this, the reason they came up with this whole model was to get you back to living a normal life. But also, every time you breathe into that, thing, I feel like maybe you're like, hmm, huh, maybe, hmm, maybe there is this, maybe this is a teaching moment. And maybe I can make some money so I can pay off that $10,000 legal bill that I have. Oof. These two cats went to the state legislature and are the ones who fought to make it happen. That's the other reason why we're partnered with them. They're right. the real deal. They're not some outsider phony company. So go to uh, smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show, or you can also find their banner, their hyperlink. At BrianOakShow.com. Hyperlink. Do we live in the future? We do. If I press that button, what, is it going to be like the end of 2001, a space odyssey? Odyssey, rather? I like that. Um, hey, uh, coming up, Hello, we are going to be talking to one of my favorite local bartenders, not Billy Morissette. He's actually going to be on episode 44, but a guy by the name of John Hamjeep. Um, I didn't know his last name before today, but I certainly know his face, and I certainly know his warmth, because he is somebody who works at Buster's on 28th, and we always have somebody on from our newest sponsors, and Buster's on 28th are our newest sponsors, so we'll talk more about them in just a little bit. Uh, We're also going to be talking to literally one of the funkiest, sexiest, 
Emmer Effers in the Twin Cities in the form of Julius Collins before this episode is over. Damn straight. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, whether, you, whether you're whether you a mid-90s cat who was into Greasy Meal or you've caught him on his numerous, almost unbelievable number of performances with the combo, Dr. Mambo's combo downtown, he is, he's I, as I posted earlier on Facebook, I feel like he's too cool for this show. <laughs> this is like a show for square white guys. <laughs> but he has graciously agreed to join us. But we'll be talking to John just ahead, one of my favorite servers and a man who holds one of my darkest secrets. So hopefully we'll find a nice middle ground there. Um, here we are. We're in lockdown. I don't want to make this take too long, but we are in lockdown. Um, and family time. So one of my favorite phrases of all time has always been time apart makes time together more special. Hmm. I guess, and I never really thought it all the way through because I always thought there'd be time apart. And when there is no time apart, both from my beloved wife, my blessed child. (laughs) How you holding up, man? Well, you know, I I told you the story off the show, off the air, as as we could say. But people are starting to annoy people in my family a little bit. And there's Hmm. just little jabs, little sarcasm that kind of, you know, some of it's overt, right? Right. But other things, just little tiny jabs, just jab, jab, jab. Barely perceptible, but somehow still, oh, I'm going to need a butterfly bandage <laughs> for that one. Ow. Owie. Oh, I think you got it right between the second and third rib. And if you're related to me, I might be getting you back just a little bit worse than you got me. Oof. Well, here's the deal. This is, even though you and I are not six feet apart, which we should be. Five and a half. Close. This is a safe space. So let's, since that's what we're both going home to, let's not do that here today. No. No. Um, so in addition to the numbers mounting on the daily and COVID obviously defining all of our lives, musicians finding their livelihood obstructed, restaurants, hair salons, all of it. Think of the service industry right now. Yeah, I know that there's this big stimulus package that's being rushed to us. Even all the small business loans, which apparently became available today, this is not going to cut it. So just breathe for a second. Roll your shoulders. Close your eyes. I'm not a big Zen guy. I'm not a big yoga guy. But I do believe that if we don't occasionally stop to catch our breath when it's not completely being overwhelmed by hand sanitizer, we're going to lose our shit. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's happening. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. (laughs) With some people. Well, here's the deal. Let's go ahead and do this. Uh, John, who works at Buster's, Buster's the newest sponsor of The Brian Oak Show, which, by the way, the fact that during the world being on fire and everything falling apart, they haven't pulled the plug... Love you, Busters. Love. In fact, I ate a Cubano on Wednesday. We'll talk more about that just ahead. We'll check in with John. But first, John's song was one of my all-time favorites by this particular band. Now, if you listen to the words closely, the song is fine. They ride the groove for a very long time. But if you've ever done drugs, which kids stay in school, don't do drugs. But if you've ever done drugs, this song is one of your anthems. It's the Velvet Underground waiting for the man on The Brian Oak Show. Never leave 
he's never early. He's always late. First thing you learn is that you've always got to wait. It's a problem with doing drugs, man. Well, there's a lot of problems, actually, with doing drugs. Scrambles the brain quite a bit. Uh, but also, a lot of hassle involved. And sometimes you're not really in the mood for a hassle. As he's talking, you're like... Oh, more dead than alive. That is Velvet Underground <clears throat> waiting for the man. And that was the song selection of our next guest, one John Hamgee associated with Busters on 28th. John, I have two important questions for you. Uh, well, first of all, hello. How are you doing? I'm okay, man. I'm okay. And I haven't seen your face in a minute because, well, we don't get to see anybody's faces anymore. I mean, even if we do, <laughs> they're covered in some sort of, what is it, an N95 mask, something like that. So before we talk about Busters, my first question for you is why the Velvet Underground? When and how did that start to influence who and what you are? Um, high school. I mean, one, the song, just the way the music comes in and just keeps driving um, the music pulls you in. But I think that was the first time listening to the lyrics. It took me a few times of listening to the song before I actually knew what they were talking about. So wait, you're telling me... And growing... Did you, did you identify with the lyric, Hey, white boy, what you doing uptown? Chasing all the women <laughs> around? Is that you? Uh, growing up in small town Minnesota, not even Minneapolis, but growing up in Rochester, mm -hmm. there was no uptown and it was nothing but white boy. Okay. So, I mean, they could have been talking about me and all my friends. But just from growing up in a sheltered, somewhat suburban kind of atmosphere and then getting kind of this snapshot into, I mean, it took me a few listens to realize what they were talking about. And it was an entirely different world that I didn't know existed. When and did you realize the first time? What was that? John, when did you realize you were free to leave Rochester? <laughs> I was counting down. I think I was counting down the days to leave Rochester, starting from the moment I turned 16 and I got a driver's license. Yeah, well, I, I you know, growing up in Coon Rapids, I'm not entirely <laughs> unfamiliar with the situation you're talking about. But yeah, there was, a, I mean, when you listen to that song, Waiting for the Man, it's about a white guy heading into a predominantly black neighborhood to buy heroin, and they're giving him a hassle, even though they made him wait for two hours, and he's just like, oh, feeling dirty, more dead than alive. Yeah, that's, so anyway, um, I understand, because, you know, your eyes open, like you grow up in a place that's all white and relatively drug-free, and you're like... Hey, wait, it sounds like other people are having more fun than I am. As, as far as drawing a picture of what I wanted New York City to be like. Yeah. I mean, which sounds weird. That I wanted to go to New York to see, is like, this sounds incredible. I mean, it sounds dangerous. go there and go down that road. <laughs> well, it probably, would end, but, up, it probably mean, would end up more Midnight Cowboy than uh, Velvet Underground. And if that would have been the case, I would have been all right with that. Okay, cool. <laughs> I knew I wanted to talk to you again. I mean, if, if I could have gone a little bit more John Boyd than Lou Reed, I would have been <laughs> Oh, John, it is good to hear your voice, man, because I haven't seen your face in a minute, but I've seen your face many times. So Buster's on 28th is the newest sponsor of the Brian Oak Show, and they have been loyal during a very difficult time in our lives, even though places like that, like, again, my wife and I, you know that I live three blocks away from your primary place of employ. And, John, by the way, what do I... I didn't realize you were that close. I, I'm on... Well, I don't want to say the actual address, but I I could... <laughs> the thing I like about this, and it, it, it dovetails beautifully with Smart Start MN, I can walk to your place, but as we've talked about many times, my wife loves wine. I'm not really a beer guy, but that triple Carmelite, man, mm, oh, I can house a few of those so it's a killer beer before we talk about uh what busters is what what is your honorific how do i how do i refer to you are you a are you a bartender are you what are you at busters i've been a bartender slash manager for the better part of like 11 years see now i didn't realize 11 that, 12 going on 12 years i've lived in that neighborhood now for more than 20 years and i didn't realize that's what i wanted to ask like so busters on 28th it prides itself on a ridiculous selection of wine and beer but also the food is really always to me at least because i'm not a wine or beer guy has always been the hallmark it's always been good as i mentioned i literally came up and got a cubano two days ago and um the food is it's interesting without being overly arty does that make sense to you it's uh it's comfortable. Yeah. I mean, we're a neighborhood place. And, well, and, I, I mean, mean and the vibe is great, but I mean, like a lot of places that 
pride themselves on their food and the quality of their food output always seem to add one or two too many ingredients, right? Like, uh, you know what? Th- this this didn't need extruded cucumber foam on it, right? Like this this was right. this was already a killer bison burger. Why did we have to put a I don't know a mango tapenade on top of it, right? Like it just and so what I like about Buster's is it doesn't do that. But for people who are beer and wine aficionados, and I know that they are legion, your place once it reopens is worth going to. So you've been wow, you've been there for eleven years. I don't remember the first time I saw you, but I remember that you and I hit it off quite some time ago. So I'm glad you're joining me on the podcast. Um, what do you remember? Do you know it was in that space before it was Buster's? Because you're right next to the Baker's Wife. You're across the street from Bill's Garden in Southeast. Minneapolis by Lake Hiawatha. Right. What was in that space? It used to be a place called the Lakeside Inn. Okay. Um, and it was your typical South Minneapolis 3-2 hole with no windows in the front. It was the kind of place that you can go to if you didn't want anybody to find you. And oh. it was also the kind of place that you can just kind of disappear in like Vegas. You couldn't see outside, so you could spend the whole day here and then drink as much 3-2 beer and as your stomach could hold, I guess. Oof. Yeah, see, that, that part's not right. my jam. I do I do like disappearing all day, but that part is not my jam by any stretch of the imagination. No. We're talking to John from that's Buster. Why there was a, that's why there was a shelf life on it. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, for a long time, though, you know, set up places in 3-2 bars, that was one of my only regrets about moving into southeast Minneapolis is there were so many bars like the Cedar Inn and like the Sunrise Inn and all these places that were sort of these grandfathered in places that you could only do 3-2 not only do I not like right. beer, but the thought of trying to drink enough three two to get a buzz on, no, thank you very much. <laughs> and so, it's been fun to watch it roll over. So let's talk about something more practical. Like, are you are you out of work? I am not. I have been here more than I've been here on a day to day basis more than I have been probably in years. <laughs> We're still going strong right now. Well, and that's fantastic. And so, I mean, that's the whole point. Our last few episodes, we've been doing a thing called checking in. We're checking in not just because you're a sponsor, but because, you know, service industry people, you are lucky in that regard. But I know a lot of people who are service industry people who are sitting on their ass right now and people who are right. hairstylists or work at a nail salon or... As I said last episode, a knife throwing academy, whatever the case may be, not a lot of touching, not a lot going on. But, and then this has also been an important point over the last few episodes of checking in is we have to double down. I know a lot of people are out of money right now or slowly or very quickly running out of money. But for those who have the means, supporting local business, regardless of what it might be, is crucial because so many people have had to let so many people go. Record stores, you know, we we talked um, to Electric Fetus not very long ago. They had to lay off more than 50 people. And what we want to do is make sure that we're either buying gift certificates, getting roadside pickup, whatever the case may be, to make sure that these businesses don't have to die on the vine because the people who are parts of our community have to have some place to go back to. So I'm glad that you're still there now more than you ever have been, although it's probably irritating to you. <laughs> so when it comes to Buster's on you know, 28th... You go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Say, I mean, <laughs> John, you go ahead. <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't want to get in anybody's way. Um <laughs> The one thing that's been incredible is, I mean, it's like what you were saying. Um, if you appreciate a business and if you want to support a business and if you want to see this business or any of the other businesses exist after all this is over, you have to go and see it. And the outpouring of support and the regular customers and then just seeing a lot of our regular clientele like two or three times a week just to get takeout and just check in with the staff, see how everybody's doing ask questions and stuff like that. I mean, in the last few weeks, I mean, it's hard to believe we've been doing this now going into the third week, but it's been incredible to see the outpouring of support and community. And we're seeing people that we've never seen before just because they don't want to see restaurants go away. So, I mean, it's been incredible to see the outpouring of community throughout this whole thing. Well, and it's wonderful, and I'm really glad that things are going well for Busters on 28th, the latest sponsor from, or for rather, the Brian Oak Show, which also is great and very encouraging, is I think when this all started, when everyone got shut down, nobody knew what it looked like. So originally... Busters on 28th said, hey, we're just going to be open for a few hours during lunch, a few hours during dinner, and now you're open from the stretch, like 11 to 7 or 11 to 8, yeah? Yeah, from 11 to 8. Well, 
we've never had to do a pandemic um, to go service before. Same. So Same. I, you know, just... I, I think you're not alone in that, John. <laughs> I, I think most people no, are like, I mean... hey, this is my first pandemic. And I'm going to be honest, it's not Black Plague, but it also still kind of sucks. But luckily, I can still get homemade chips. Oh, man. Mm. If you can get some sort of normal in this current climate and just as I mean, every day it's just surreal. I mean, if you can get some sort of normal, even if it's like one of your favorite restaurants to go or anything else, by all means, get some normal. But um, when we first started, we had, it's, I mean, it's hard to believe that the initial shutdown was only supposed to go until the 27th. And that seemed like this huge stretch of time that was going to be make or break for everybody. But that I'm, was a week ago already. I'm calling it now. <laughs> Christmas is canceled. Christmas. Just kidding. I'm, I, I was being exagger. I was exaggeratory. If I can invent a new word. Hey, John, we got to dip because we got Julius Collins coming up here in just a few short moments. Um, but thank you for talking about us. Buster's on 28th. So there's no curbside pickup on beer and wine. I'm assuming, but everything on your menu is still available. Not un- unless Governor Walls, there's an order on his yes. desk. Or at least people are asking him to consider it. Come on. But unless, unless that goes into effect, uh, we are our full menu is uh, we had to pare down our menu. So our current menu is online. Yeah, we're doing it from eleven to eight every day. Okay, very good. Well, I'll promise you this: if Governor Wall signs that, I am going to order three triple Carmelites. A Cubano, <laughs> and then while I'm wearing an N95 mask and a face shield, I'm going to come and kiss you on the mouth. John, thank you very much for joining us. I'll greet you at the door with latex gloves, my own mask, and uh, well, I guess we'll bump masks, and uh, so pleasure like, is mine, Brian. So like usual is what you're saying, like the way we've always done it. Just like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, John. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. And thank you for Busters on 28 right. for being a sponsor of The Brian Oak Show during one of the most uncertain, maybe the most uncertain time in our collective cultural life. And uh, as mentioned, Julius Collins is coming up next. And Julius Collins is, will he be insulted if I call him a funky motherfucker? No, I think you'll love it. What if I say one of the sexiest front men in the history of the Twin Cities? That's perfect. Yeah? I, I got to be honest, man. Like, I don't make it out very often to see the combo. I used to have to get up every weekday morning at 4 a.m., and I've only seen Greasy Meal a few times back in the 90s, but damn, that guy knows how to rock a microphone and knows how to work the room, and the fact that he agreed on to be on this show is almost unbelievable, and I know that he wanted to talk about Bill Withers as much as possible, and so I'd like to share one of the funkiest songs I've ever heard in my entire life, and that would be... Bill Withers, use me. Hello? My friends Feel as they're appointed duty They keep trying to tell me he If you only knew you'd wish to 
said you were in my shoes. You just keep on using me until you use me up. Until you use me up. Uh -huh, That's true, you really do abuse me. Waiting for you, you jackass. Oh. No, not Julius, uh, Brian. I can't believe you would talk about Julius that way. All right, here we go. I got to be honest. An artist who has written so many incredible, indelible songs. You know, I just, the hits just keep on coming. I know we're all locked down and everyone's stressed and bored and worried about the nature of the future. And even though it has nothing to do with Corona, Bill Withers, man, dead at the age of 81. Now, let's be very clear. 81 is a great run. It's a really, really good run. But when you think about it, man, like, it's the last thing you need right now, right? I mean, like, Lean On Me, Lovely Day, Ain't No Sunshine, and that song right there, by far my favorite of his, Use Me, because it is funky as shit. Now... This is coming from a white boy who grew up in a town called Coon Rapids, so maybe I don't know all that much about funk, but I'll tell you right now, there are certain songs that make your hips move, and all of a sudden when my hips start moving on their own, I'm like, uh-oh, I don't want any more babies, but sometimes that just happens. <laughs> sometimes that just happens, and so it seemed like a good song to transition into talking with somebody who has been one of the, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way funkiest motherfuckers in the Twin Cities and Minnesota for the last, I don't even know how many years, man. Julius Collins, famously of Greasy Meal and Dr. Mambo's Combo, is kind enough to join us on the Brian Oak Show right now. Julius, how are you, man? Oh, how you doing, man? I'm great, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, like all of us, right? I mean, like, so yeah. just give me, before we talk about, you know, your musical history or Bill Withers or anything else, I mean, what are your days like? Are, are you actually okay? Like, that, the whole point of these podcasts right now is called Checking In, and I'm just checking yeah. in with people because musicians, they don't get to play right now unless they do these private at-home things, and right. it, what's weird is so many people are like, what a great time to learn karate or pra <laughs> practice the ukulele or do whatever. But I mean, it's, it's not like that, right? Like everyone's scared. We're, we're all freaked yeah. out. What are yeah. your days like Julius? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not like being on vacation, obviously. And frankly on vacation, you know, you might or might not be inclined to, to be creative or feel creative, but this is a, this is a different energy for just on a personal level. Uh, I'm kind of, I think minute by minute, trying not to go batty, mm -hmm. but everything is so unresolved and so, so difficult to ascertain, you know, where the curve is and where we are and, and the amid devastation. So I think more than anything, I'm just anxious. And so, yeah, I do a lot of pacing, but I've, I, uh, I've missed playing music because it more often than not helps me get through my, my rough patches. You know, I'm a guy who loves to exercise, and so I do have a personal climber at the house, here at the house, so it, 
it helps with that part of that thing. But I'm sorry, to interrupt, like, I'm, I'm like sorry to interrupt you. Music. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what do you mean you have a personal climber? Is that like a is that like a Peloton except a climber, or do you, or did you actually <laughs> build a, one of those a, rock towers a, somewhere like in your backyard? Mat there. It's like okay. a stair match. Like I got a you. Personal right. stair match. I just I suddenly and, saw you at REI in Bloomington, <laughs> like three stories Get up. Get that idiot down. <laughs> No, and I know. I think I think that for a lot of artists, you know, because this show has been, even though we talk to entrepreneurs, restaurateurs, other different, you know, thinkers, mostly the show is about music. And I think about mm-hmm. artists at this time because you know you can still play at home, but I know that when you play a live show, that feedback is a crucial part of what feeds your soul and your heart and your mind. And so to not be able to go out and see people and do it for them live, because you have to know this, as, me as a guy who has never been able to produce a note of music in his life except for some pretty crappy viola in seventh grade. Um, <laughs> I, I know. I think I my know, clarinet would have battled you, but whatever. <laughs> oh, no, dude, I was last chair. Every damn, every damn quarter, every damn quarter, because I didn't turn in my practice (laughs) records. Um, But I know that I know that for people like you, people who have made a lifestyle out of this, that that feedback, that that feedback loop is important. How do you cope with not being able? I mean, even if you can do it on the Internet and you know people like it and sometimes people are even willing to pay for tickets to these private shows. How do you process, you know, not being around people right now as a musician? Okay. Well, I think I'll start with this because it's important. I, 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 I absolutely love and appreciate um, people and the energy that they bring to those musical experiences, whether it's theatrical in a theater or, or in, a, in a club. I love it. I appreciate it. But I have to be honest. Um, like playing music, is, you know, is is sort of a selfish endeavor, in in that. Um, it's like uh, Billy Fronty has a saying. It's like, if, I, if my aunt doesn't sound good leaving the stage, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so on a personal level, it's, I, ha- I just, I'm like, um, I'm doing it because it's, it's, it's keeping me from going crazy. And in some ways, it, it, it helps me battle my personal demons and, and sadness. And then there's that, that, that point where you realize that you're sharing that with other people. And so it becomes precious. And so that, sustains me that I love and feel like every moment. Right. But, but it's the being able to express yourself, being able to get out your yayas for a lack of a better phrase. Um, that's is, there a, is there a better phrase than that? Getting out your yayas <laughs> is as good as it gets. <laughs> but, you know, so I miss, play, I mean, like playing with the combo, um, every Sunday and Monday night, I, I loved it, whether there are people there or not. Mm-hmm. I think, it's it's easy to play with a room full of people um, that are energized. That that makes the work even really easy. But it's different when when you're playing to an empty room sometimes, and you have to generate all the energy, and you have to still have the same passion and and uh, love for every nanosecond. And and so playing in, with bands like Dr. Mambo's Combo and playing with Greasy Mill especially was the ultimate for me and in terms of just living every moment like it was the last one. Uh, That's precious stuff, and it's also, in some ways, keeping people from getting choked. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best right there. Actually, once we get a button board, that's going on the button board. Um, You know, for damn sure I do. One of your colleagues and a wonderful, wonderful person. In fact, he helped us move that broken ass futon that's sitting over there into our studio. David Anania was a guest some months ago on one of his rare U.S. visits here to the Brian Oak Uh show. And that guy is one he's one of those people who has a light coming out of the top of his head not ridiculously <laughs> positive and freakishly talented so th- yeah. before before we get to another bill withers song because i do want to hear about what bill withers meant to you and some other influences in your life before we get to that though like i mean greasy meal how does that come together like i mean i know that com- the, the combo when you play together for decades you feel each other, right? It's intuitive. It, mm-hmm. there, there's a thing there. But, you know, at some point you had to start Greasy Meal. How did you meet this incredible array of artists? What what brought Greasy Meal together? How did you people know each other? Well, uh, Chiefers, when I first moved here, <clears throat> I was in a funk and roll band that Prince and Paisley Management 
handled with me and Bland and Alan Flowers mm-hmm. and Matt Prudell. It was right. sort of a four-piece, very aggressive band called Black Julius. At the time, I was just pretty much spending <laughs> nine, ten hours a day with Michael. And so if you know Michael Bland, you know every freaking body. Yeah, right? well, exactly. And so I just found myself, you know, sitting in studios, hanging out with people. I go to to see bands that I ordinarily maybe wouldn't have gone to see. Um, I just felt my, my um, you know, the, 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 the width and breadth of experiences that I had were great. So I, I got to know John Fields. I had done a session with him for the St. Paul Winter Carnival, and he was just... I don't know, I hadn't ever done a session with somebody who was so gifted, but easy to be around in the studio. He knew exactly what he wanted. Um, I was in a band just prior to Greasy Mill with the late great Brian Gallagher. And uh, Brian and I were best friends, and that experience was great at first. But after a while, we he just wanted to do something else, and so did I. And he had a, a, an instrumental record that came out. And one of the songs on the record was called Greasy Meal. And so... Um, Brian wanted to put a band together and he says, you want to join a band called Greasy Meal? And I said, that's a freaking horrible name for a band. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, but then he began to listen to the people in the band, you know, and I thought to myself, wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. And we just had four Sundays booked at the time. And, you know, so we were just like pushing the envelope as much as we could because, you know, Come and get us, Kappa. We we just didn't care. We were playing all the deep cuts, and really, that was like my first real experience playing Bill Withers' music, and it was it was heavenly. It was an amazing experience because Jim Anton and uh, before David Anania, uh, there's the guy, the drummer was Dorian Crozier, who eventually moved to L.A. Anania mm-hmm. came in and and handled his business. Um, Tommy Barbarella and, and Tom Scott and Ken Chastain. And I mentioned earlier, John Fields and Brian Gallagher. The band was, I don't know, we could be in any space, large or small, and we just were so easy around each other. We were honest with each other. And I just felt like everybody valued music for the right reasons. It was awesome playing to, you know, a thousand people every week in the caboose. But before that could happen, we played to 12 people and we didn't play any differently. And so to me, that that really matters why you play music. Do you remember uh, just a few minutes ago when I said you have to promise to come back and do live because you said 15 different things there that I really want. I, I feel like I could do a, sh- a whole show on <laughs> once real briefly, Michael Bland, and then we are going to talk Bill Withers. My favorite thing about Michael Bland, in addition to his impossible breadth of experience, is <laughs> that guy. That guy can he can do it all. He can play both with such ridiculous touch. You can't believe yep. how gentle and fact and amazing it is. But he could also yep. give Dave Grohl a run for his money if he really mm-hmm. wants to power those head, drum heads. My, he, Michael Bland is the uh, in my mind the quintessential musician. He is definitely the greatest musician I've ever uh, worked with. You know, I, I was just on the periphery of Prince, so I can't. I can't say that I worked with Prince. I was handled and then handled. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but, but, uh, oh my God. But, you, you, might Michael, be, you might be Michael your co-host on the everything show. Everything <laughs> to me. He's my, he's my oldest friend. He took me in and, and he basically conned me into moving to Minnesota, but it was an easy con because I was in love with it right away. Where'd you come from, man? Where'd you come from? I came here from Atlanta. I was born in Chicago. I grew up in Waterloo, Iowa. I moved okay. to Atlanta when I was a teenager. So Iowa... Out to the right. East Coast and then back to the So let me just say Midwest. this. I want to go back. White boys in Minnesota know what funk is. It's not like white boys in a lot of other states. There's a different, there's a different <laughs> deal here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It ain't the, white boys here ain't your regular white boy. I got to be honest. My, my best friend in the world, or if not my best friend in the top three of all time, I've known him for more than 40 years, Tony, he brought me, I'd never heard hip-hop in my entire life. Again, cul-de-sacs, Coon Rapids, Minnesota, 1982. He bought the first two 12 inches from Run DMC. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's got rock guitar, but these guys... Those are what they call trajectory changers. Seriously, yes. like, no, my vector was totally put off course, and I'll never, ever forget or or be able to forgive him for it because I'm glad. And um, it, But then he also was the first person who ever played Prince for me. Like, I had heard of Prince, yeah. but he got an advanced copy Somehow, when we were teenagers, I don't. Maybe he was wow. a wizard of 1999, and to this day, it remains my favorite Prince record because I loved new wave music. I was a dorky yeah. 
asymmetrical haircut white kid. <laughs> but then this was like this was equal parts new wave and funk, and I didn't grow up with any yeah. funk in the house, and it was it was incredible. All right, look, we could do this all damn day, and someday <laughs> we are gonna do it all damn day. We got to hear a Bill Withers song right now because yesterday Bill Withers passing at the age of eighty one. Natural causes, not at all corona related, but still, fuck, man, Bill Withers. And this song right here, this is an important one. You said you wanted to hear Grandma's Hands. Why is this an important so- song for you? Um, Gram- Greasy Mill used to play Grandma's Hands. And, and, and again, we just would grab songs that were kind of deep in the record. But, you know, Sean can speak to this. Recently, I lost my grandmother. Yes. And, mm. uh, you know, I just think it would be. I need dedication. Grandma's hands clapped in church on Sunday morning. Grandma's hands played a tambourine so well. Grandma's hands used to issue out a warning. She'd say, don't you run so fast Might fall on a piece of glass Might be snakes there in that grass Grandma's hand Grandma's hand Soothe the local unwed mother Grandma's hand Used to ache sometimes and swell Grandma's hand to lift her face and tell her she'd say, baby grandma understand that you really love that man, put yourself in Jesus' hands, grandma's hands, grandma's hands, used to hand me piece of candy, grandma's hands, pick me up each time I fail, Don't you whip that boy What you wanna spank him for He didn't drop no apple core But I don't have grandma anymore If I get to heaven I'll look for grandma's hands Three time Grammy award winner But who gives a Damn about a goddamn Grammy, if I can quote Public Enemy. He um, withdrew from music back in the 1980s. He died this past Monday in Los Angeles. Uh, Bill Withers, Grandma's Hands. I mean, family, tradition, music. And here's what I love about certain songs. You know, Queens of the Stone Age is my favorite band. And there might be people who say that they're the least funkiest fucking band on the planet. But what they could do that someone like Bill Withers could do, that John Lee Hooker could do, they could grab a groove and tell a story, and for five minutes, you never once got bored and wondered where it was going. You're just like, shit, that guy, Bill Withers. Mm. Um, Julius Collins is our guest right now. Greasy Meal, Mambo's Combo, several other pl- projects, and also all-around amazing human being. Before we get back to talking to him, I do have to check in with my producer, my business partner, and sponsor. Of the Brian Oak Show. <laughs> that would be Sean Bernard, who works for Edina Realty. So here we are. We are in lockdown. People are wearing purple gloves, sometimes clear gloves. A couple people with black gloves. That, that freaks me out a little bit. So far, I haven't seen the old school medieval plague masks, you know, that almost look like you're trying to be like a vulture or something with the big glasses <laughs> and that sort of thing. But I feel, I, I, feel like that's not, <laughs> I, I feel like it's not far away, man. I feel like it's not far away. But, Sean, you told me you had a showing for a house earlier today. I did. And it's funny, the client brought rubber gloves and brought hand sanitizer. And I thought, you know, like four months ago, if I would have told you that a client brought that, <laughs> it would have been kind of awkward. Uh, but it was... Uh, well, they've been like a weirdo. Like, okay, would. look, I, and there have always been germ people. Those are the people I'm worried about right now. Like the people who've always been germ people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm losing it, man. Oh, I'm losing it. <laughs> Sorry, Julius. I'm already on top of stuff, but I'm still losing it. So it's simul- simultaneous torture. But, but you know what I mean? Like the germ people who are like, hey, don't, back, back it up. Back, no, I, I won't eat a buffet because there's germs in it. Yeah. Those people right now are shivering in the basement somewhere, but in a very plastic lined 
and very sanitized <laughs> portion of the basement. So you, but I mean, so someone bringing, but in this day and age, because it changes day by day, someone bringing gloves and sanitizer to a showing is not unreasonable. No, it was nice for them, but also like for the people who are like, I'm going to have strangers walking through my house today. There was also uh-huh. also a big container Purell as you entered the door. Yeah, use and it. so yeah, and so people are people are for the most part pretty conscientious, mm-hmm. which I like. Some are not, but you just gotta. It's this is the world we live in. You know, Julius and I were kind of texting back and forth earlier today. I hope you don't mind me saying this, Juice, but you know the way that people handle this is kind of the way people handle the world. And yeah. and you know, it's like how how are you going to treat other people in this situation? Is it yeah. all about what you don't get? And what's happening to you or what you're willing to give and what you're willing to do to help. And, exactly. you know, and so it's a, it's a mindset. And, and I said to my wife, I said, I'm actually built for what's going on right now. As odd as that may seem, just because I have a I mindset, like it. I have a mindset of I'll be okay. And even if I'm not okay, I'll be okay. What do you mean you built for what's happening right now? You mean sitting at home and watching porn? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I have, <laughs> hey, for some reason, uh, God same. made my arms long enough. Oh, no, sorry. Oh my goodness! <laughs> to find it, I am Irish. Lord. <laughs> oh Lord, where'd we Look, go, Julius? Right, now before back we... to the back to the real estate commercial. I don't know. I just realized I was one of the germaphobes, but I'm on the phone now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Um, I did not mean to derail the important thing you were saying. That being said, we've been going on for a minute. People are still buying houses. People are still selling houses. We do live in a different world, and. The future is uncertain. Maybe we're cool in a few weeks. Maybe we're not cool till December, but real estate still happens, and it can still happen in a safe and reasonable way. How do people get a hold of you? All they need to do is give me a call or text 612-859-2594. If you search uh, Sean Bernard at Edina Realty and you actually spell it right, S-E-A-N and B-A-R-N-A-R-D, you can find me at edinarealty.com. Now, I was led to believe by Howard Stern that it was spelled Barnyard. Oh, yeah. he's He was the first one ever, first one ever to refer to our last name as Barnyard or St. Bernard. Oh, actually, I like that. Quick, funny baptism. I, 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 I wish yeah. you had a, a yeah. small keg of whiskey on your throat right now. I could use some help. When I was baptized at St. Anne's Catholic Church in North Minneapolis, the priest in front of all of my uncles, who Julius knows most of them, yeah. um, said, we're very proud to introduce Sayon Barnyard to the Catholic <laughs> Church. Totally messed up my name. And, of course, my uncles How, all lost it. Still living, still living with that one. How yeah. is it possible? And you can't even remember that, but it's been told to you no. a thousand times. Oh, of course. How is it possible a Catholic priest got the word, the name Sean, wrong? <laughs> I, know, I know, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, Julius Collins is our guest of Greasy Meal, of the combo of musical greatness, but also it turns out the right kind of human being. Being who con- is concerned, who cares about? Well, I, mean, I mean it though, man. Like I mean, like you know, you you understand that we're if we're all going to get to the other side of this, we got to get to the other side of this. So you were uh, you're from Iowa. You moved to Atlanta. When were you in Atlanta? Let's see. Uh, I mo- I went to school there in '84. Okay. And, and, a school called the Music Business Institute of Atlanta. And why did you come back to Minnesota? What brought you back to Minnesota? <laughs> I was I was singing I was just like jeepers just a kid singing at this club called Rupert's and there was a Rupert's up here oh, yeah. in Minneapolis and some of the bar staff and a few of the singers especially Debbie Duncan would come down you know like they just like Deb would come to Atlanta and set Atlanta on fire you know and she just kind of became my big sister in that way and a lot of the bar staff and people would say dude you need to be in Minneapolis that's the city for you it's you know it's your vibe you're kind of artistry, your kind of music. And I grew up, like I said, I was born in Chicago, but I grew up in, in Iowa and I didn't really have any real desire to come back to snow in, in, <laughs> in the way it snows in the Midwest. I mean, you get an inch of snow or two inches of snow in Atlanta. It's like, save the children. But, but <laughs> so this, is, this is the real shit here, man. You know, I didn't. And honestly, the first year I came here was the freaking 34 inches of snow overnight on Halloween. Oh. Yeah freaking make it up. 91. So it's like that year, the very first time I saw Prince was the very first day I was in town. And that same year on Halloween, it snowed 34 freaking inches overnight. And I thought, what the fuck? What am I doing? <laughs> you don't ever have to but, hold back on saying fuck on this show. If you'd like to just give a loud, clear <laughs> fuck right now, you can absolutely do it. Honestly, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank I, you for that. I need to fuck. 
<laughs> we all do right now, right? Like everyone's trying to let it go. Well, you know, you're not, but but I mean, don't worry. Fuck therapy is always available on the Brian Oak Show. What? In the smart we are not six studios. feet apart. For fuck no, therapy. No, no, not that. No, not oh. literally. I, I was talking about vocalizing it. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, Julius, I would like to ask you two questions. And one is, uh, well, first, I, I mean, secondly, I'm going to ask you about some of the people who have sat in on nights that you've been in there with Combo. Because it, 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 the number of people who hear the rumors, who hear the word, who come to town, who do the thing. I've heard a couple of the famous ones, but I'm much more interested in the deeper stories. But I want to ask you a weird question. And... I don't ever look for dirt on people. I'm not ever sure. trying to dig into someone's life. I'm really not. It, you know, I'm doing radio for 25 years, had plenty of opportunity to dig into people's personal lives. That part mm-hmm. doesn't interest me. The music part interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having your adjacency <laughs> to Prince and the revolution. No, really, I'm really not going anywhere weird. I just want one interesting fact about Des Dickerson. That guy, and let me let me explain okay. why. Let me explain why. Let me, let me explain I came why. in. Ju- I came in after that. I came in during the MPG phase when it was Michael, Sonny, and Tommy that I, were in the rhythm section. So I did. I, I've met Des. Interesting cat, but I don't really know him. I can't. I, I, again, I'm not looking for anything deep. I'm not looking for anything deep. I want to know what he ate off the deli tray. Uh, Des Dickerson <laughs> with his with the Japanese sunburst headbands, and he's he's the guy that has been talked the least about in any of Prince's legacy. And I'm like, Des Dickerson seems cool as fuck. And I, nobody will yeah. tell me anything about him. I, you know, I, I I'm going to have to become another one of those people. Sadly, I, all I know about him was, he just seemed like an interesting cat, not like your regular dude, but that was sort of a theme with the way Prince selected his musicians more yeah. often than not. Yeah. There was something ex, extra there. Did he like green olives? <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> You're weird. And you know what? So are you, which is why we are having You're a correct. fantastic time together. Um, <laughs> we we're talking to Julius Collins. So ask me, uh, before we talk about the people who have sprung up out of nowhere and what the surprise appearances are like at um, a combo show, you know, what, what, what are you doing right now? What, like, if people want to know. Where the fuck is Julius Collins? Like, where, where the fuck are you? I mean, what's the best place for people to stay on top of what you're up to? Well, um, I'm working with a, a great young band right now called The Sweat Band. And we are writing. We're like, um, it's just a very energized, high energy uh, group of dudes. And the music reflects that. And so... That's one thing. So if you want to check, you can check us out on Instagram, the sweat band, um, sweat band funk, or you can um, check out the Facebook situation. Um, it's just that I would say they just released their first CD and I was lucky enough to write a couple of songs and sing a couple of songs on it with them. So in the future, I'm going to be in the band. And so uh, the music is going to blossom into something. And I'm excited to see what that what that becomes. Also, so when, when, uh, when you when you say I'm, sweatband, before you get to the next part of that, and do remember mm-hmm. your thought because I want you to get to the next part of it. When you say sweatband, you're talking like a Dr. J Terry cloth sweatband, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's called the sweatband. I want to make sure, man. Yes, I want to make sure we people sell sweatbands and sweat socks. Okay. Well. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not so interested in socks. Sweatbands, yeah. maybe even the wristbands are cool. Socks, I'm not so into. Oh, yeah. So, sweatbands, check us out on Instagram. You can and... get some sweet gear. I'll bet you can. Is it red, white, and blue striped? Because I'm, I'm, I'm an old school it's, it's, guy. It's more neon colors. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Right now. cool. And so, and, and you were about to say, you were about to lead to a second thing that you're involved in. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, and Greasy Mills is also recording again, and which was. Uh, how many of that the originals? Tough, that was how, a tough how, one. How many of the originals are there? Because, I mean, like, your people are scattered around the globe, and so... Yeah, we are. Yeah. And so when Dave was in the country, we, we got a basic track. And, you know, we're just going to have to get creative about how we go further. But, you know, um, everybody's here we, except for Papa G, who we lost tragically. And yeah. I think that was, in many ways, on a personal level, why I just felt blocked. I just didn't want to do anything more. didn't... I don't know, everything was just so hard. Brian and I wrote so much together. Everything was, and then I think at some point, I think we all came to the conclusion that there is a way to honor him also if we have the desire to do it. So I think we're sort of there. We're right also in the embryonic stages, but but that is, you know, working with John Fields is is just the greatest, you know, and he really was the engine for Greasy Meal. 
is the engine. So yeah. quick question for you, Juice. Um, is As far as we know at this point, will uh, the combo be playing at the Harriet Band Shell this summer? <laughs> he laughs. Man, wow. that's that's uh, super positive. That, that would be wonderful. It would be wonderful. I'd, I'd hug everyone there, and uh, you know, I'd still have my hand sanitizer in my pocket, but I do a lot of hugging, right? You know, oh, but yeah. uh, I'm not optimistic. No, I'm not optimistic. I, I, I'm, I fear the worst. On that I, I got to say, as somebody that goes to see you uh, quite a bit and has gone to see the combo for years. People, just because you work Monday morning or Tuesday morning doesn't mean you can't every once in a while go get your ass over to Bunkers. And what I love about that place, as I was telling Brian, is people can't resist the dance floor. And it's one of those rare situations where you guys start early on and the dance floor fills up. And even if you don't feel like dancing at the time... People are out there moving it, and it's just fantastic. Well, and obviously that shit is shut down right now, but yeah. Yeah. what I loved is I'm a super casual guy, regular pants, shirt, <laughs> pullover. Like, I mean, seriously, like, like I, I don't ever dress up. What I loved on the few times I went on a Sunday or Monday is people make a night of it. It looks like Saturday night at a high-end club. Like, people are into it and it is it's infectious and if i wasn't such a shitty dancer i would have got out on the floor but you know what if if you got a bad knee and you don't know the moves uh, likely story and occasionally your hip clicks listen man you can do you can can be the cool brother too you can just do the head nod you know you get credit (laughs) for that also exactly well there is that of course hey julius listen the thing i love and and the reason why bunkers is has been my home bar since I, I moved here. Not, I mean, there've been a great many amazing nights and experiences I've had there, but uh, the very first night I was in town, honestly, I, I, some friends of mine brought me down there and it was like 15, it was when it was a biker bar and it was like 15 Harleys out front, man. We were walking down the sidewalk and I was like, what the f- what are we doing? What, where are y'all taking it? Am I going to have to fight my way out of this bar? And you go inside and the, of course the bar, it's lined with, you know, the most murderous looking of bikers, bikers you've ever seen. But the crowd was like black people, white people, straight people, gay, yep. brothers in fedoras, you know, people in tie-dye and Birkenstock. And everybody felt like they were at home. And to me, that was like the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. It, yep. it, I think it more than anything informed the kind of music that I wanted to create and perform. Because that is what I believe in. I believe everybody should feel welcome in situations where art is concerned. <laughs> I hate the fir- first time that we're having this deeper conversation is over the phone. I'm glad we got to talk to you, but you have to promise that on the other side of this, we're going to sit down and do this and maybe make it like a four-part Eagles-type documentary. Like, this is, <laughs> uh, this is fucking awesome. Julius Collins. For real. Uh, no, but for real, for real. I'm not joking at all. Um, I know that we're all stuck at home for a while. Uh, Sean and I are stuck here in the studio. We've been banned from coming home from our wives, and so we're going <laughs> to we're gonna spoon very, on the futon right over there. Very convenient. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's look, don't judge, Julius, okay? We all, we all have our paths to walk, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I really do wish everyone the best. I do want to thank Smart Start MN. I want to thank Busters, uh, John, for joining us from Busters, Julius. Uh, again, I, we barely scratched the surface. I want to do a four. I really do want to do four hours. I have so many questions to ask you, but that will have to wait because most people, even though they're stuck at home, don't have four hours in them. They're like, I heard there's a <laughs> thing called Crocodile King or Civet King or Horrible Tiger King. I, I tried to watch it, and it's not it's any insane. good. It's not any good. It's insane, but it's not any good. It doesn't make anyway, me feel any better. I know that much. No, my, my point is that. this. Um, yeah. Thanks to everybody who's gotten on board. Audioquip.com, thank you for your support here. All the people who have done our photographs, our graphic art, everybody, thank you so much for being part of the Brian Oak Show. We are living in unprecedented times. Julius, I wish you great health to you and yours. And when we get on the other side of this, be it two or three weeks, be it months from now, you are coming in and we are going to go way, way deeper on this conversation. Is that a deal? That's the deal, man. Dig that. All right, cool, man. You take care. Julius Collins right there. Um, You got the details on where to find him and where to find out about the new band, 
Sweatpants. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Sweatpants. I know. Dude, I, know. I was fucking around. Come on, man. Sweatband. I know. I get it. Thank you, Juice. Yeah, man. Also, last thing I'll say before we go, and you can't hang up yet because you have to introduce this last song. Um, I'll dig it. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm not going to get there. Introduce the last song by Bill Withers because we lost Bill Withers, 81 years old. We lost him earlier this week. And again, I don't pretend to be a deep or knowledgeable funk or R&B guy. But Bill Withers, man, the songs that pop, pop through and bubble through the surface, yeah. they, they transcend the genre, right? That's right. That's right. Bill, brother Bill was a brilliant writer, man. And he was a true soul brother. But again, everybody can get to it. There's surface area for everybody to get to it. Cause his music was just that expansive and he'll be missed. He'll be missed. So, um, I think this is a beautiful way to, to go out because more than anything, it's going to be love and positivity and a sense of selflessness that's going to rescue us in these days. And so I'm wishing everybody well. That's for real. I'm a bird.